I'm glad that you have chosen to worship with us. My name is Todd, for those of you I don't know, and uh, if you're joining us via the podcast, and uh, you got to love technology today, thank you for listening. Um, these past few weeks, we have uh, been going through a journey, and uh, our series has been called This Is My Church. And uh, for those of you who may not have been here these past few weeks, or if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, or if you were looking for an alligator out here in the lagoon the past few weeks, I just wanted to give you a couple uh, little uh, reminders or updates on kind of where we have taken this journey from and, and kind of where we're going um, to. Uh, in, in week one, we talked about the fact of, of what the church is. And that the church is the bride of Christ. We talked about the fact that she is made up of people who are passionate about seeing the mission of, of the, the gospel spread, the mission to go and to make disciples, which is the, called the Great Commission. And we talked about the fact that it's really, even though we say this is my church and we want people who are so passionate that they would take ownership, we really have got to recognize, just like the video said, that this is truly God's church. Now, in week two, we spoke of belonging to the church. And we talked about how the very first church, all the way back, and we'll talk a little bit about that again this morning, all the way back in the first century, that first church that sprung out of Jerusalem, and what Jesus did while he was here on earth in the ministry that he had. We talked about the fact that you can belong to the church. And that there were back then, and there still are today, two environments for belonging. There's the environment that we are in here today in the larger uh, worship gathering. They did that back in the first century. But they also had small groups. And we talked about the fact that you can belong both to uh, in regular attendance to the worship uh, services on a, on a weekly basis, but you also ought to, if you're really saying this is my church, you ought to belong in that small group environment, and we call that life groups. And next Sunday, by the way, for those of you who aren't plugged in, after each service will be a life group connect kind of on your way out uh, for you to find a life group that really meets your needs. And um, if we don't have one, we will help you find one or help you start one that meets your needs. And so week two, we talked about this is my church where I belong. Uh, last week, we kind of started a maybe a bit of a, a series within a series, and we talked about being an investor. And if you remember from last week, we said that we need to, in our minds, even though we use the word volunteer, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the word volunteer, unless you're a Georgia bulldog like I am. But anyway, uh, we talked about how in the church, you ought to move, uh, we ought to move from being a volunteer to an investor, and that is a whole different level of commitment. And so last week, we talked about the fact that this is my church where I invest. Now, much of the application to this point has been uh, along the lines of belonging and membership and, and serving, and we'll kind of continue in some of those themes, but uh, much of the application has been pointing you to one of our two uh, core classes, one that's coming up on February the 12th. That's three Sundays, I believe, from today. Right after the second service, we're going to kind of transform this room uh, into uh, our membership class. And so for those of you who aren't members, if this isn't the place where you belong and God is, is calling you to belong here, by all means, come uh, three weeks from today on February 12th. We'll go from about 1230, a little bit after the service gets out, until about 330. And so I uh, want to encourage you to be a part of that. And then we have another one of those classes. It's not two parts. You can come to one or the other. Uh, not both hand. Uh, you can come to both hand, but you don't have to come to both hand. We have one on February 12th and then one on March 11th. Now, next week, we're going to talk about 
how the church can serve its community, how it can serve its nation, and how it can serve its world. And so we'll be talking about that this week. Now, today we're going to talk about this little idea of giving. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, great. I knew I should have done something else this morning. Let me tell you what my devotional life was like this morning. I'll give you a little picture into how things go with me and God. Um, this morning, I, I got up early because Sean woke me up early, and so I just kind of touched up some things in my message, and then I sat down with a cup of coffee to have just a nice time with God. And I open up my U version, which is what I, I use for my time with God, and uh, uh, I'm in this little plan, and the very first thing that came up was a prayer, and the prayer was, uh, Father, thank you for taking care of me, and, and I'm so glad to be faithful to the practice of tithing. And then in quotes it says, and if you don't tithe, repent. And I was like, wow, that's a pointed statement right there, if you don't tithe, repent. And uh, so that's, I think, God's little uh, joking around with me about the fact that here we are talking about tithing, and in my own devotional life, there it is right there uh, in front of me again. Now, before we dive into the meat of this message, I want to make a couple disclaimers. Number one, if you're here today and you're part of another church, you're part of another local body of believers, whether it's here on Hilton Head Island and maybe just coming here to kick the tires or whatever, or whether it's in Columbus, Ohio, which is where most of you who aren't from here are from. Uh, if you are here and you have another local church, this message is a bit of family business here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. But, but, the Word of God, the Bible says, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. And so my prayer is this morning, even if you're not a part of this local body of believers, that this message may spur you on to a deeper level or maybe a more joyful level of giving in your own life. If you're here today and you're a spiritual seeker or maybe you kind of just stumbled into church or somebody tackled you and grabbed you and brought you here today against your will, um, this message is not necessarily for you either, although my prayer is, again, that God would use it maybe to change your life. Now, I have a second disclaimer this morning, and this goes for all of us. In some way or another, this message will be a call to action. I want you to catch this for every Christ follower. It'll be a call to action for all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. If you are here today and you are already practicing this thing that we're going to talk about here in a moment called tithing or giving your uh, portion of your income to God, uh, my prayer is, is that this message is confirmational. And your action step might be just to renew your commitment to say, God, I'm doing this, but I want to just re-up one more time with you and say, I am going to be faithful in this practice. And so your prayer may be recommitting yourself to the biblical act of tithing. For some of you, you're in here today, and you're not really giving a tithe, but you're, you're kind of giving a portion of, of what you've been given. Um, for some of you, it may be that God stirs you to, to get that up to 10% or to build that up to 10%. And so that will be your action step today or something like that. And then some of you will be here today, and you'll be like I was years ago, and you had gotten to the point where maybe you tithed in the past, or maybe you have never given to God, and um, this whole idea of tithing may be foreign or new, and today might be a day of conviction for you, and your action step would be just to say, God, I'm letting go, I'm giving it to you, regardless of what my financial circumstances are, and I'm going to begin tithing, and that may be your action step this morning. So before we dive in, I just want to pray and ask for God's blessing on our time together this morning. 
God, I thank you for that reminder of being restless without you. And God, the subject of tithing, of giving, of money is always, for so many people, including me years ago, a very restless thing. And Father God, I realize that people are coming in here with all kind of backgrounds in terms of money. God, there may be someone who walked in here this morning and they are desperate. They're down to their last dime. Father God, I pray that in their life right now, in the strong name of Jesus, that you would be Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. God, I pray that today's message for them is not scary or overwhelming, but God, I pray that they would give up and absolutely and totally trust you. And God, I pray for those who came in here today and they know what they need to do, God. They know what their action step is, and God, I pray that your Holy Spirit just begin to work in their lives. God, I pray that you would just calm their nerves. God, I remember sitting in a service talking about tithing, and I remember my sweaty palms. I remember being nervous. I remember being very uncomfortable. And God, I pray that you would take that uncomfortable feeling that may exist in this room right now, and I pray that you would turn that, that your Holy Spirit would convict and stir and lead and guide. And in some cases, give comfort and encouragement. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, we're going to be in several passages over the next 20 minutes or so. We're going to be bouncing around like crazy. So here's my encouragement. I don't normally say this, but I, my encouragement today is that you watch the screens for the verses, and then if something strikes you or you're like, man, I need to investigate that more, or this particular passage really meant something to me, just write that down, jot that down, and come back to it later, maybe in your own personal time with God. Now, there are a few misconceptions about this idea of tithing. I want you to hang with me here this morning on a couple things. Number one, I, I get asked two questions. The two questions that I get asked most of the time about tithing, specifically tithing, is do I need to tithe on my net or what? My gross, okay, income, all right? Do I tithe on everything God gives me, you know, you know, before the government gets a day involved in that? Or do I tithe on what I actually, you know, is deposited into my checking account? And my sarcastic answer to that is, how do you want God to bless you, on the whole or on the part? Okay, people never like that answer. But anyway, uh, it's pretty much true. Uh, then the second question that I get most of the time is this. Isn't tithing, Todd, isn't tithing an Old Testament, old law, like before Jesus came and, as he says, fulfilled the law principle? I'm like, that's a good question, isn't it? I mean, that really is, okay? So if we assume for a moment that it is an Old Testament thing and that Jesus came, as he said, to fulfill the law in the Old Testament, his sacrifice fulfilled that, then that would lead us to believe that that command that he gave, and we'll take a look at the command in a minute, to tithe, to give a 10% of our income is null and void, right? Well, only partially right. It is an Old Testament command, but I want you to take a look at your notes this morning. Look at the first thing. It's right there on the top. It's right there at the beginning. And I want you to understand this because this is foundational. I want you to hear this. This is foundational for understanding the idea of tithing, okay? It's this. The scriptural basis for giving a tithe, and we'll talk about what that means in a moment, to the church was established in the Old Testament in Leviticus 27.30. We'll look at it in a moment. And it was confirmed in the New Testament. 
Take a look at Leviticus 27.30. Yes, we are studying this morning right out of the gates from the book of Leviticus, okay? Uh, okay, it says this in Leviticus 27.30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Translated, that little word tithe means a tenth. It's pretty simple. It means a tenth. And so that's, maybe you've been in church for years and you've never understood where the idea of giving 10% of your income, that's where it comes from. All the way back in the book of Leviticus, if you were a, a God follower and you, uh, uh, you know, grew grapes, if you had 100 grapes come in that day, how many would you give? 10. Okay. All right. A little multiplication this morning. I know it's early. Okay. Uh, if you had $100 come in today in modern times, how much would you give? I'm making this real easy. 10. Okay, there we go. All right, easy numbers here. Uh, it means a tithe. Now, there are other portions of the Old Testament that we don't have time to go into this morning that instructs that that was to be given to the tabernacle or where you worship, and that's why we uh, conclude that it is supposed to be given to the church. But it was a command. It was part of the Old Testament law that God and the nation of Israel, in the relationship that he had with them, required from them. Now, how do we know that this is not fulfilled by Jesus and carried over to and not carried over to the New Testament? Well, here's how. And this is a great litmus test. If you're ever studying, some of you might get into this. There might be one or two of you get into this, studying the Old Testament and trying to figure out how much of the Old Testament applies to the New. Well, here's a great litmus test. There are others, but this is a great one. If there's a command in the Old Testament that is repeated in the New Testament, then it's something that we ought to live by. If the Old Testament says that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, and Jesus repeats it, which he does in the New Testament, we ought to live by it. We'll take a look at Matthew 23, 23. He says this, Woe to you, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders of that day. Oh boy, he just lays them out here. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You see there's an explanation point there. You hypocrites, he says, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. And some of you are saying, but Todd, that wasn't Jesus confirming a, a, a tie. That was Jesus telling the Pharisees they needed to work on the practices of the hearts. Absolutely it was. But in doing so, what did he say? He gave credence. He gave validity to the fact that we should... Have, that we should be practicing those former things, that we should practice the idea of giving a tithe. So in his rebuke, Jesus confirms that this Old Testament law, in fact, should be practiced in the New Testament. And we see giving all through the New Testament. And we'll take a look at a few of those verses this morning. Now, th now that we have this idea that the Old Testament started this idea of tithing and that the New Testament confirms it, what does it mean to you and me? I could have approached this message on tithing a thousand different ways. And there ought to be a time that we as a church have a whole series on this because there's a lot to be studied about it. The Bible says more about giving and money than any other subject in the Bible, even love, even love and grace. The Bible has much to say about it. But I want to put it in context of this is my church. But I also don't want to negate the fact that this is an intensely, I don't want you to miss this this morning, tithing is an intensely personal spiritual discipline. 
It's a habit. It's one of those things that demonstrates where we are with God. And so we're going to take a look at it uh, in two parts, a personal discipline part and then a practical, how does it apply to our church, Hilton Head Island Community Church. Take a look at your notes this morning. Tithing is a vital part of my walk with God because first and foremost, it demonstrates that I recognize that God is the provider of all things. It demonstrates that I recognize that God is Jehovah Jireh. That's the Hebrew word for the great provider, that he is the great provider of all things. All the way back in 1 Chronicles, the, the author of 1 Chronicles says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Catch this. For everything... Everything in heaven and earth is yours. O Lord, is the kingdom you are exalted as head over all. God owns it all, church. God owns it all. In fact, I think it's so important. I think it's something that we miss so often. I want you to say it with me. Ready? God owns it all. You ready? God owns it all. First Chronicles tells us that he is the owner of everything. When, when my seven-year-old and my four-year-old are fighting over a toy, you know what I'll often do? I'll often take that toy from them, and I'll say, you know what? You guys aren't fighting over this toy. You know why? I bought this toy. I bought this truck. I bought this doll. Hopefully, my son's not fighting over a doll. But anyway, I bought this toy. This is my toy. This, I, I, in fact, I own everything in this house, so I'm going to tell you, now that you're fighting over this toy, when you get to play with that toy again. And if they understand that concept, if they get that concept, then I'm more willing to give that toy back. If they get the idea that I own everything in my home, then they're more, I'm more willing to give them things and give them freedom. And I'm more willing to give them a better birthday, maybe, that's coming up for my little guy. Now, there's one fallacy in my whole illustration there. Are you picking up on it? I don't even own everything in my house. Who owns it? God owns it. Okay, all right, very good. I own nothing in my house. God owns it. All right. Once we come to the conclusion that God owns it all, then we get to the next step and realize that he is the great provider. He can give and he can take away. And he can give and he can take away. He is the one who is the great provider. Now, you may be in here this morning and already you're like, yep, that's what I needed to hear. I didn't understand that concept. I didn't understand until just now that he is the one who owns it all. And that helps me in my ability to tithe. You see, he's the one that owns it all. So when we give him a portion, we're just giving back a portion of what he owns anyway. Do you realize that all your stuff is not going to be your stuff one day anyway? It's going to be the stuff of yard sales and junkyards, and pawn shops. That's what your stuff is going to be one day. And that leads me to my second point here this morning. Tithing is a vital part of my walk with God because it compels me to trust God for what I need. It compels me to trust God for what I need. Listen to Proverbs. Hopefully some of you can take comfort in this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And then uh, later in a few verses later in verse 9, he says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. And that word first fruits right there is the same exact word for tithe. With the first fruits of all your crops. You know, we can honor God with our wealth because we can trust him. 
And about five years ago, I came to the conclusion that the first step in tithing is actually not money related at all. It's actually trusting. I had begun to let my tithe slip. I had let that go, and I finally talked with Cynthia and said, Honey, we're, we're in a mess. we got to talk about this. Um, it, it, we kind of came to that conclusion, and the very first thing that we did is we said, You know what? we got to get back to this idea of tithing, 110% of our income going to God. And let me tell you something. In that moment, personally for me, it was an area of trust. And then I realized that we wrote that check did we need that extra 10% in our income? You bet we did. Absolutely. We were in a hole, and Financial Peace University has helped us in that, get out of that hole. But you know what? We said we are going to trust God with this. And I went into it with a lot of fear. I want you to hear that. I'm your pastor, and I went into that with a lot of fear. This is not easy. But the first time you take one step and trust God, and he provides, and even if he doesn't provide, you have to take one foot in front of the other and take that next step. This is more about trusting than anything. And I finally had to, give, to get to the point where I just gave up and let God do what he wanted to with our financial situation. And God provides, and we trust. So how are you doing in the area of trusting God for the future? How are you doing in the area of trusting God for what not you have, but what he's given to you. Let's keep moving on. Tithing is important. Do you see why it's so important to your spiritual journey? It is so linked to how much we trust God and believe him for things. Tithing is also important to your church. It's important to Hilton Head Island Community Church because, first of all, it demonstrates the beauty of sharing our resources as a body. And when we do that, we don't all have the same resources, do we? Some of us are able, able to give a little, and some are able to give a lot. Some are able to give large gifts, some are able to give lesser gifts. But I want you to hear me this morning. It's not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. And it's amazing what we have done. It's amazing what God has done through us as a church. Well, let's take a look at the church in Acts first. Uh, Acts 2, 44 and 45. All the believers were together. And they had everything in common. They sold their possessions and their goods. And they gave to anyone as they had need. You see, back in the very first church, all the way back in the first century, they sacrificed to give. And you all have done that over the past year. Do you realize that over the past year, that in this church, with about 80 families who give in this church, that you all have given over $625,000? That's amazing. That's incredible. We're still in our infancy. Some of you get this concept of sacrificial giving. It could not have happened any other way. Eighty families gave, like, uh, I think it was uh, a 70, uh, about $7,000 a piece in 2011 and 2012. That's incredible. And that's between our general giving and our capital funds campaigns. We had a campaign back in May to raise $110,000 to put as a down payment on that Hargrave building. And um, as you saw there, there is no update this week, but I will tell you this. God continues to provide. You know, on January 1st, I got up here and I implied that I wasn't going to shave until we got a contract, and I really thought we were days away from that. <laughs> uh, let me tell you. Anyway, uh, so we, we are getting very close, and we had some things this past week that fell into place. We weren't very far apart from Hargray on some things, but there were some other factors that were playing in that has caused, that had caused a large delay. Now, we then, after May, after we raised that $110,000, we entered a campaign this fall to raise $300,000. We're, 
for our building project for phase one, and many of you sacrificed to do that. Thank you so much. That's part of showing the unity of the body of Christ, just like they did back in the first church. Well, here's the bottom line. We're about seventy-five dollars to $100,000 away from meeting our goal. So if some of you pledged and you haven't completed that, oh, please do as much as you can on that before uh, we get in because we're going to, as soon as we get in, as soon as we get that contract, we're going to have to start building because every day we delay is another uh, expense that we have. You see, coming together around a project shows the unity among a, a group of believers. Are you with me this morning? They showed it in the first church, and I believe that we demonstrated that over the past year. But there are some of you who can continue to give, and if you can do that, it will go a long way in seeing us complete that project over at the Hargrave building. I can't wait to tell you pretty soon that I've shaved this beard and that we got a contract. So please be praying with me on that. Tithing, secondly, is important to Hilton Head Island Community Church because it communicates to staff and elders who is on board. It communicates to the staff and the elders who are on board. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is from 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 15. And we're going to take just bits and pieces of it here this morning for time's sake. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the church leader, is writing to the church in Corinth, and he makes a comparison. He says this, look at verse 1, and now, brothers, we want you, the Corinthians, to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. The churches in Macedonia were the poorest of the poor of the poor churches. I mean, there wasn't like this big city. In fact, the Macedonian and Galatian churches, there wasn't a city that really centered them. There was no wealth. They were very poor. And Paul says this, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. In rich generosity. And he says this, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and beyond their ability, God had to work, didn't he? entirely on their own. And I think that's a great picture of Hilton Head Island Community Church over the last 12 months. Many of you have given beyond your ability. It was a God thing that you were able to give. And of course, we need another short season of a little bit more giving if we're going to complete that project. Take a look at verse 4. They urgently pleaded with us, talking about the apostles, for the privilege of sharing in this service with the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Now take a look at verse 8. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. I don't believe it's my job as your pastor to test the sincerity of your love for God, but you know whose job that is? It's your job. It's your job. So how are you doing in the depth and the sincerity of your love for God? What action do you need to take in terms of giving a tithe to the church? Let's keep reading. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that through his poverty... We might become rich. And, my, and, and here's my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have a desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. You see, in the early church, 
in the early church, the elders, the people who were in charge of the church, knew exactly who they could count on. They knew they could count on the churches, those small, very poor churches in Macedonia. And Paul, in relaying that information, was encouraging the church in Corinth to continue to give. Are you one who can be counted on here at Hilton Head Island Community Church? Let's keep moving. The last point this morning, finally. Tithing is important, Hilton Head Island Community Church, because it gives our church the freedom to do what God calls us to do without financial restraints. Paul, again, speaking to the church in Corinth, says this in 16, 1 through 4. He says, Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do on the very first of each week. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I'll give letters of introduction to you and that you can send those gifts to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me also, they will accompany me. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that, that uh, there was a problem in Jerusalem and they needed all those other churches to have a collection of money to help out in Jerusalem. Experts tell us, historians tell us that the church in Jerusalem was decimated by either fire or persecution or famine or maybe all of the above. They were most certainly persecuted. And the, churches, the church in Jerusalem was absolutely in shambles. The church where the church originated from was completely and utterly decimated. And they needed the help of all these churches to respond and respond in an instant to do missions work there, to send money, to send leadership. Everything had fallen apart. And the churches there in Galatia were able to respond because they were unhindered by anything. This is why at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we have said that we are going to do everything we can to do everything within the church with cash. It's kind of an amazing thing. Cash? Wow. Really? No debt. We're going to do everything that we can to not take out debt, not take on long-term debt that keeps us from doing God's work. I want to be the type of church here at Hilton Head Island Community Church that when God says fulfill a need, we can say yes because we're unhindered by any kind of debt. We're unhindered. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but I know what the weight of debt is personally. And when that happens in a church, you cannot respond to God. What would it look like if we all tithed, church? What would it look like if we all made the commitment to tithe? I'll tell you what it would look like. Every opportunity that God brought our way, we could say yes to. Every opportunity to move forward with what he's calling this church to do, we could do. We could do it without having these special campaigns. We could do it without having bake sales. We could do it without having all of these separate things. You see, tithing, this is your key point this morning, tithing is an indicator of spiritual maturity because it reveals sincere trust in God and a heart of gratitude for his financial provision in your life. Tithing is an indicator of spiritual maturity because it reveals sincere trust in God and a heart of gratitude for his financial provision in your life. If we all, if our whole church understood and acted on that concept, it would be amazing what we could do for God. This is my church, the place where I give. What are you doing to give? This past Wednesday morning, I jumped in my truck and Cynthia's van was parked behind me because we had a little project going on in our garage. And uh, I backed right up into her van, front right quarter panel. 
So in the past month, I've told you how I ran out of gas and I backed into the van. So anyway, it's been just a great month of driving for me. Well, I went and I got a, uh, I got a quote on what it would take to uh, fix that, and it was in the multiple hundreds of dollars. And to be honest with you, I had a terrible attitude about that. Well, that quote was sitting uh, on my uh, passenger seat truck uh, on, on a Friday morning. And Sydney goes, my little seven-year-old, I was taking her to school. She goes, Daddy, what's that? I said, do you remember when Daddy backed the truck into Mommy's van on Wednesday? Yeah, I remember. I said, well, that's the paper that tells me it's going to cost, you know, $500-plus. And you know what her response was? But, Daddy, we have to build the church. I thought, man, here's my attitude of complaining and whining and not trusting that God's going to take care of that. I'm all concerned about today. And it was another opportunity brought to me by my child to truly trust God. He's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of my family. And he's also going to take care of our church. And I want you to hear something this morning. He will take care of you if you walk in obedience in this area. He will, I promise. It may take some time. It may take some struggle. But he will take care of you. Do you trust him? What's your action step this morning? Will you pray with me? There's no 90-day commitment. There's no, I'm going to test God for this and that. You don't have to sign your name on anything. This is between you and God. And for you families, for your husbands and wives, this is between you and God and your spouse. What's your action step this morning? Is it that God is confirming that you just need to re-up? Yep, we've got to keep on tithing, got to keep on tithing. been doing it for a long time. God, I'm re-up and I'm saying yes another year. I'm going to tithe. Are you encouraged by today's message and it's calling you to re-up with God on the issue of tithing? Maybe you're here this morning and you've been given 2%, but you haven't truly been tithing. Or maybe for you it's a stir of the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get to that 10%. I'm going to trust God for the future. Or maybe you're in here this morning and you've never given a dime to God. I don't want you to feel judgment or guilt in the least. That is between you and God and you and God alone. But if you're here this morning and you want to say, yes, God, I believe that you can provide for me so much so that I'm going to start this today. I'm going to start giving today. I'm going to start giving this month I'm going to start giving on my next paycheck. Man, make that step that I had to make five plus years ago and say, you know what? I've been disobedient in this area. I've got to get on board and I've got to trust God. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Todd, tithing for me is not about money. It's about trusting God. Father, I pray that you would be with each person in here wherever they are on this issue. God, and I pray that we grow in maturity in this issue individually, because it's so important to our spiritual journey. But God, I pray that you would grow us up as a church. Oh, Father, I pray that you would grow us up as a church, that we would be the kind of people that say, yeah, this is my church. This is where I give. In Jesus' name I pray.